I'm Silas Farley. I'm a dancer with New York City Ballet, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to Hear the Dance. This episode is part two of the conversation on diamonds. My guest is Sarah Mearns. Enjoy. Sarah Mearns, welcome to the Hear the Dance podcast. Thank you, Silas. I love being here. Sarah, how did your journey with Jules begin? What was the first time you saw it? And what were your impressions of the dancers that you saw? Um, oh gosh, I think my first experience was I was in the school and I, I think I went to go see a show and it was Jules. And I remember Wendy was the principal in Diamonds. And I don't really remember who her partner was. I just remember her. And what really stuck out to me was how she just walked on stage, just her standing there. I was like, that is the best thing I've ever seen. And it <laughs> was like, she, it was just how she made every single thing so important about the beginning of that potata. Even though you're not doing much, you're just walking and you do like a couple of lifts, but it was just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I just, I remember thinking that moment, I'm never going to get to do that. Like, I'm never going to get to feel that. Or like, it was just such a, you know, far off dream that was in my mind unattainable at that moment. And Sarah, Jules is one of those unique ballets that the city ballet dancer can be part of over the course of their whole career graduating through the various core and soloist and principal parts in the different sections. And what was the first part that you danced in Jules? Well, when you get in the company, it's sort of a rite of passage. As an apprentice, you have to do the core in Emeralds. And it's only female. So like all the, the female apprentices were all in the core of Emeralds. And even now when I watch it, I like... I go back to that time of like, oh gosh, I remember that. I was so nervous because it's jewel for some reason because it's jewels and it opens the night and it's and you're just standing there and you can't move and it's I don't know, it's just very nerve-wracking. And um and I also remember I don't know who the principals were when I was doing it, but um I just remember I like praying that I was not going to like run into them because in the whole first section of Emeralds were intertwining with the principal dancers and the principal couple. And all you want to do is just get out of their way and just like make sure you're in the right spot at the right time because it's very stressful. That was like 2004. And then shortly after that, I got put into Diamond's Court of Ballet. And I remember I was in it with my best friend, Christian Trevansky, and I have a photo of us on stage, like I think before the show had started and we took a photo and I have it on my refrigerator. I think it was just like such a happy moment for me that I was like actually in this ballet and I couldn't believe it. And I just looked so young and so green. And it's just, I mean, it's just, it transports me back to that time of like, you're just so happy to be in this company and be part of this ballet. And then you later stepped into the second ballerina role in Emeralds, the part that had been made for Mimi Paul, and you learned it from Karen von Arlingen, for whom Balanchine had even revised that part, and she had a lot of insight into that. When did you first come to dance the ballerina role in Diamonds? I think it was spring of 2008, and John Stafford and I had been learning it for a very long time. 
and we were both soloists. And I remember that, you know, all the, the iconic ballerinas were still doing it, you know, Darcy, Wendy, Maria, and, you know, we were just like backups, like just in case. And, you know, they would always teach like young people these sort of roles just to like see how they handled it. And um, there was no, and I, like John and I were like, there was like no way we're gonna do this or like ever get to do this. And then I remember the casting went up because they don't tell you like what you're gonna be cast in. And the casting went up and we got one show. I think it was five shows that they were doing and we got one show. And I remember like walking across the plaza and screaming and I called John on the phone and we were just in shock. Like we could not believe that they just gave us that show. And I, I remember that like we were so over rehearsed at that moment that we, we weren't like nervous to do it. We were just couldn't believe that they actually gave it to us. But I remember we, we would be on stage sometimes rehearsing by ourselves because we were such fun heads and we still are. And we would be rehearsing one section over and over and over again. And there was one part and he's going to laugh when he hears this. There's this one part where we do a demo to the side and I have to go to Ponche and he's holding me with one wrist and we could not get it. Like something about the weight and I would fall over every time and he didn't know like how to, which position to get in at the right moment. And it was like, I think we did like 10 times. It was ridiculous. And at one point the ballet master came down and they were like, you guys need to stop rehearsing. Like you just, just need to leave it alone and go home. But we like, we were so excited and like, so we just want to be so prepared to, to do this. It was just so much fun. So then what do you remember from that very first performance of Diamonds with John? I just remember we couldn't believe we were out there and that it was happening. And I know that we both thought this is like our only chance to do it. And this was it. So like we had to give it our all because you never know when you're going to get it again. I mean, we were soloists and like there were so many other people doing it at the same time. And it's just, you never know. So I think we just, we were living our best life out there for sure. That's, I, I know that. And then later that season, I got promoted to principal. So that was really exciting. And, um, and then the rest is history. I mean, can't believe I've done it for these many years. It's kind of amazing. And Sarah, what are some of the, the insights or the details that Sean Lavery coached you and John on as you were developing your interpretation of Diamonds? For us, I think, you know, I had watched the ballerinas and I have watched the ballet for so many years and I knew sort of what it was about and I, and I loved the music and I um, could really get lost in it. So for us, or for me at least, it wasn't about trying to like perform it or trying to get something out of me. It was really, he, tried, he was just pushing me to dance bigger and bend as much as I could. Um, and take up as much space as possible, get your leg up, you know, just go big. And, you know, if it's too much, they'll tell you, but that's, he just, I remember him pushing me in that way. And I still do it that way now. I mean, yes, I've, you know, evolved in some things and, you know, since I've had so many partners and things change, but I, I still attack 
the scarecrow and the pollinators and all of that just like he taught me because it feels good to me and it feels good in my body and it it feels the music and i in it and it it's harder obviously like i die but it feels good to do it and it's just how i know how to do it and i wouldn't change it for anything and um you know for john it was like he was working on like you know all the technical things and i mean john was so technical like he could do anything like it was just easy for him but yeah and john was such a great partner that we didn't really have to work a lot on the partnering stuff like we had a few things like i said before but it was just about like getting us to move big and 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 becoming those principal dancers that they obviously knew we were going to be i guess but we didn't know it was sort of i think a vehicle for us in that way and sarah i thought we would do something kind of fun here where we do a little color commentary on the different sections of the ballet from the ballerina's perspective, starting with the five of them. Well, since I've done this role for 12 years now, you know, the amount of stuff that's gone on on stage is pretty historic. And I think I've had seven partners we figured out, right? I've had seven partners and each partner is very different. Each experience was very different. But so the beginning, I know that people like to try things before they go out there and like people do turns and they jump and like really like get themselves like ready to go. And when I do diamonds, for some reason, I don't try anything. I don't touch my partner. I literally like don't even, like I won't even touch him. And some, like some of the partners like got really nervous and scared. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like we've done our work in the studio. Like we don't need to try anything here because if it goes wrong here, before the curtain goes up, like, then we're going to go on stage and be thinking about, oh my God, it just went wrong. Like, no, 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 we're not doing that. And also for my shoes, like, I don't break them in. I don't bang them. I don't do anything because they have to last for so long. Um, so I literally put them on like 10 minutes before the show and try not to do too much because as soon as I start sweating, the shoes start to break down. And white shoes, for some reason, break down really easily. So I really try to do as least amount as possible. I warm up everything before I put the shoes on. So the parada starts, and it's sort of what amazing, what's amazing about the parada is that it has an amazing build. And you come out, and you just have to walk. And so you sort of use the walking to like warm up your feet and there's little lifts, but like you use these things to like find where your leg is and, and the, then the partner sort of, that's where he starts to figure out like how you're doing and if you're on your leg that day at all. And what's great about the product is that it warms up my legs for the rest of the ballet. Like that's why I don't have to jump a few turns before I got from Pada because I know that after this 11 minute Pada that my legs are gonna be fine for the scarecrow and the polonaise. Like, they're gonna be more than fine. And also I think, you know, people tell me, you know, you can take it easy in the powder. You can like, just, you know, breeze through it. And I'm like, I can't do that. I just don't, that's not in me to do that for some reason when the music like is on and like the, the musicians are playing so big. I just get so wrapped up in it that I'm in it like 150% and dancing as big as I can. And like all my emotion is in it. 
it really takes it out of me. And not a lot of ballets do that. I remember some moments I would just go and the partner would not be there. Like I would get so wrapped up sometimes that I would just go for things and they weren't there. And I remember that like Sean would talk about like Suzanne doing that. And I just, I feel so bad for my partners and they know, they know what I'm talking about. Like, I know like Tyler knows, Russell knows what I'm talking about, but they're such amazing partners that they just like roll with it. They know what I'm going to do and they just like pick me up. I think the pod is really special and, and it ends, you know, I get every time at the end of the pod, I get so emotional because we've gone already through this like 11 minute journey and we've done so much, so many hard things already. That's like a full ballet. Like we've already done a full ballet and doing a simple turn and him going to my knee to kiss my hand. I'm like, I should be the one thanking you. Like, I should be thanking my partner for what he just did for me. And just like looking out to the audience, like this feeling like you, you know, when you suck the audience in where it's like, it's so quiet, everything comes down. And like my whole being just like, I feel like penetrates the audience. And it, I like get teary eyed on stage almost every time. And then we have to go into the scherzo. Yes, the scherzo is next and we have to dance. And the poor partner has to take me off stage on my side of the stage because the ballerina always has to go off on the side of the stage that she comes back on. And the poor partner has to go off and then run to the other side of the stage to go on for the scherzo. And then like I stand in the wing and I just like, I breathe with him because I feel so bad. So I'm just like, I'm here with you got this you know he's like been partnering for like 11 minutes and now he has to go out there and do like double tours and a menage and turns and all this stuff it's crazy and so when you like when they get through it and they've like done a really good job you're like oh my god like i stand there before i go off my entrance and i'm literally clapping and screaming for them with everybody else in the wing and i have to go on right after that it's like oh. The scherzo is really fun. It's a really fast and it's all about footwork and I have to do all these jumps. And what makes it really hard is because Sean always made me like move so big and that's just in my body now that like there's no other way I could do it. And I remember the turns at the end of, this, of that entrance, there's 13 turns on your right leg and you're just praying that you get up. That's all. I'm just praying by the time I get back to the front that I turn twice. That's all. And that I've gotten in line with the wing to Chennai off because we have to spot front when we Chennai off. You can't look to the wing to Chennai off. So if you're not lying, you just hit the boom. That's it. Like you're done. So it's a huge relief after I get that entrance done because it's just, it's so much dancing after you've done such a long part of it. And then I have another entrance for the scare. So at the end of this big menage, and I remember when Christian, my best friend was in it, he would stand in that back wing for me and he would be my cheerleader. And he'd be like, all right, Sarah, you got this. Come on, Sarah, you, you got this, you got this. You know, you just do it, you, your legs are good. And I would talk to him and be like, okay, Christian, okay, 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 I can do this. 
And now, even though he's not there anymore, I still talk to him like he's there. And all the dancers in the wing know, and they laugh at me, but they know exactly what I'm talking about. And I literally say, okay, Christian, okay, okay, I can do this, okay, okay, we can do this. And I'm pretty exhausted by this point, but for some reason, I know it's like my last push to like do these massive jumps. And I just like, I try to travel and like jump my PKs and just like go for it. But then I go off stage and the polonaise starts and I literally just like fall to the floor. And my partner's not there because he comes on from the other side of the stage. So I'm literally alone backstage at the end of the night. No one's there, no court of ballet, nothing. And now I have my dresser. Oh, poor dresser, Grace. I love her so much. She'll sit there with me and she has an ice pack. And she'll give me an ice pack and put it on my wrist and put it on my back because she knows I just get so flustered. And I have a little bit of time there, like, you know, the court of ballet dances a, lot, a, a good chunk there, but it literally feels like it goes by in like 60 seconds. Cause all of a sudden I hear those threes come, those seven, I'm just like, oh no, oh no. And then when I go out for the polonaise, I'm so tired, but for some reason I, I jump and I do everything as big as possible because if I don't, my legs will just like sink into the ground and I will just like end up in like a puddle on the floor. So if I really like get into the steps and I jump them and I really use my feet and I'm, you know, it, it like helps me to keep going in a way. And I have so many steps in the polonaise. It's actually, diamonds is three ballads. I consider it three complete ballads. Um, and that first polonaise entrance is very long, but I do remember at the end of it, but all the quarter ballet is standing in the lines on the side of the stage and we're dancing side to side and I just love it. And then what I do is I look at every single female court of ballet member on each side because I go to the left and I look at everybody there and then I go to the right and I smile at every single person down the line and they're all smiling back to me. So then we go off and we have what feels like 30 seconds not 60, but 30 seconds, because the core does some more dancing. And this time the partner is on the side of the stage with me. All of a sudden, the threes start to come. And my partner is there like, Sarah, we have to go. We have to go. Come on. We have to go. <laughs> I'm like, no. And I remember one, uh, one show in Saratoga with Tyler Engel my ribbon had popped off of my left shoe. If it was my right shoe, I wouldn't care. It was my left shoe, which I needed for the entire rest of the ballet. Everything was on my left foot. And my ribbon popped. And so I spent literally those two minutes sewing my elastic and my ribbon back on, sort of. And then when I went out there, it still popped again. Oh God, it was terrible. So then we go out and the first thing I have to do is fuetes coming down the center and I just pray. I'm a good, like I can turn, but when I'm that tired, I don't trust anything to happen. I just don't. But you just pray that your partner's there to catch you when you pull in and they always are. And right after that, you have this feeling of like, okay, you sort of gotten through all of the hard things, but now it's just like, 
a complete stamina test to get to the end of the ballet. So right after that is the slow. We call it the slow. And it's when everything, the music just gets to this high point that you cannot imagine. And we're all doing slow movements to it and devil pays and just a palmas for our life. It's really, I think it's because we're all dancing together at the same time, principles, for de ballet. It's just the best feeling in the world. And when I'm so far down front stage, like I'm ba I basically can look over into the orchestra pit. And at that point, I watch the orchestra. I don't even look at the audience. I'm just watching the orchestra because they are playing for their life too. And they just, they know how amazing this music is and this ballet is. And we're all in this together. And it gives me chills and it makes me so emotional every single time. And I know that I'm gonna cry when I watch this. I know I am because I'm just gonna remember like what that feeling is and that we get to experience it. And then after that part is the fast, right? So then we start moving really fast and we have all these relevés to do and the guys behind us are just standing there and doing tendus and going to their knee and then standing back up again. But the girls, I think, I mean, I should count next time, like how many relevés we have to do to passe and devil pays and Asia pays and turns. I mean, it's just crazy. It's like, how many steps can Balanchine pack in, in this amount of time? And then I have to do all these turns from on my left leg. And I remember, oh my God, there was a one show with John. I literally went up sideways. Like I went up from my turn sideways. And <laughs> you'll know when he's listening, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. He couldn't believe it. Like he was so good now to like, he knew that I was just gonna go up and fall. And <laughs> I think it was right hand, I think his right hand got really strong from like pushing me over. And he just knew like exactly what to do when I got to that point. Then at the end, you have to do one last turn and it's a really slow double pirouette to Ponche. And it's been my nightmare that I would never, that I would not make it to point. Well, that nightmare did come true. And there was one show with John that I did not get to point. And I did double pirouette on half point to arabesque. Then I plie releve in the ponche. I mean, what, what was I thinking? I don't even know. You had to salvage Yeah. And then at the end, you just like, you keel over on stage after the curtain goes down. But I think that was, I think that's a good play-by-play. -play. I don't know if I missed anything, but that's sort of like what's going through my head the whole time. That was spectacular, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sarah, in addition to Diamonds, you've danced many of the roles that Balanchine made for Suzanne Farrell, including Mozartiana, Walpurgisnacht, Vienna Waltzes, Bram Schoenberg Quartet, and Chacon. And last year, you had the privilege of being coached by Suzanne in Diamonds. And what did it mean to you to work with her on this magnificent ballet? I mean, I remember 
when Suzanne walked into the main hall and then Russell and I were the first rehearsal and just to see her, she like went back in time. She like her brain was remembering all the moments she had in the studio. And I was like, I can't believe I'm here for this moment. Like, this is crazy. When we started the rehearsal, then it's like she stepped back into diamonds. Like she was there again. And because she is probably the person that knows the most about diamonds anywhere, she felt so confident and she felt that she could say anything to us. And she did. There was definitely moments of mind-blown sort of situation of like, oh, duh, that makes sense. She was talking about the shapes in jewels and that everything in emeralds is circular. And in diamonds, everything is etching a, a diagonal. And that's, she, she would, that's what she would tell us. It's like, we have to etch out the diagonals and the angles on the floor, just like you would see in an actual diamond. Um, so she sort of changed a lot of things in the pot of for that and like boring on a diagonal and then a diagonal and like there was never like straight lines or circles or anything like that. And then she made a lot of things instead of like ponches, they were arabesques, which was surprising to me because you would think because it's tall, it's for tall people with people that have good, you know, ponches and arabesques, like everything's a ponche. No, she put everything back to arabesque and she's like, well, isn't an arabesque good enough? Why do you have to do a ponche? It's like, yeah, no, arabesque is, yep, it's great. It's good. I will do that. Um, and then she also said, because the music is so grand, she said, you know, don't try to be as big as Tchaikovsky. You're not going to win. And I was like, yep, yep, that makes sense. You, you try to, to go there, but you just sort of like look ridiculous doing it. So you have to go the opposite way. Um, and then she said at the end, you, the audience has to come to you. Don't go to them. And it sort of starts from the beginning of the potida. And, you know, it, it's, she said, it's just two people walking towards each other. It's not choreography. It's you're starting this story together. You're starting this journey together. You have to look at each other. You have to, it's sort of like a minuet, you know, you're bowing to each other and you're, you're making an acquaintance, you're, you're getting to know each other. And so that was really special because you make this connection with your partner right from the beginning when you go on stage. You know, you know you're not trying to do like steps and, and turns and like, because you're gonna do millions of that later. This is just about establishing you and your partner on stage. It was really, really special. And she said a lot of things. And of course, you can't implement all of it because you have this version in your body already and you have your interpretation in the way that you dance it and you don't want to lose that you don't want to lose your instincts but um we did incorporate a lot of things um russell and i into our version that we thought made sense for us and also we tried things that her and jack and did and we it was crazy there's this one moment where I do ponche and then he has to flip me and I go fall backwards and he has to do a promenade backwards. And you know, we've always done it like sort of straight up because it's really, really hard promenade for the guy to walk backwards and hold me like that. And they had, Jacques had Suzanne like 
basically almost on the floor in a back bend and her leg was like past his head and somehow he was like hunched over in like a football position almost and and was prominent on her around and there's photos of this and russell was like we gotta try it we gotta do it like we have to do this i was like okay this is up to you because you're the one that has to do this not me and we did it on stage like it was amazing like i could not believe russell did this and there's photos to prove it i was just it was crazy but um yeah i mean it means a lot i mean i i sort of feel like with her roles you know i feel like i can do anything and i feel free she was so musical and so in the moment and she made such interesting decisions and you never know what she was going to do. And that's sort of how I feel like when I go out there, I, n I never really know what I'm going to do. I never know what musicality I'm going to do or what I'm going to hear in the music that night or what my body's going to do or how my weight is going to be. Like everything is so different every night that I just sort of put my hands up and I'm just like, you know what? I've done the work I can in the studio and that's all I can hope for and hope that everything else takes over when I go out there. And are there any particular performances of Diamonds that you have done that stand out in your memory as being particularly special? There's a couple. I mean, Tyler Engel and I did the, the anniversary of Jules at Lincoln Center. And that was really, really special because, you know, Paris Opera and yeah. the Bolshoi was there. And just having all these companies in our house at the New York State Ballet House. And also just, I don't want to say show off, but like show the world like this, this is, this is diamonds. This is what it is. It just felt, I felt so proud to be part of New York State Ballet and, and to present this. And it was really, it was really special. And then these past shows that I had with Russell um, last year in the fall, were really, really something spectacular that we both will never, ever forget. We, had, we got to do three shows together in a row. I think it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I remember that the Saturday night show, we were so tired and you just get to the point where you don't think about anything. You just go out there and do it. And everything came together in a really magical way. And it was completely different than the other shows too. It was a moment you just like can't describe and I, and we were both pretty emotional after that show it was uh we were both pretty speechless and then of course i mean dancing with john like i'll never forget that those shows together like those first shows that we had and then we retired on diamonds with me and i would not be the diamond i am today without mr john stafford he really he um we created our, that version together and my interpretation together. And he really allowed me to be who I wanted to be out there and, and didn't, he would just let me go for broke and he would just sort of pick me up and like, it, he would throw me around and do things one handed. It was just like, we were playing out there. And I just, I'm really, really grateful that I had those years with him in that ballet. And Sarah, in recent years, you've expanded the scope of your artistry beyond classical ballet, dancing Martha Graham and Merce Cunningham choreography, and working with dance makers like Pam Tanowitz and Jody Melnick. 
and how have these explorations enriched and informed the way that you now dance ballets like Diamonds? Well, I remember when I was first working with Jody Melnick, and she's a, a great friend of mine and a longtime collaborator and an amazing artist and choreographer in New York. And um, we were working on a project together. And it was sort of my first time getting out of the ballerina box and doing something different and exploring another way of moving and dancing. Um, we were up at Jake's pillow for a couple of weeks and, you know, I was just sort of diving into her world of like how she approaches movement and even just how she approaches being in a space and performing. And, uh, one, one of the things she said to me is, you know, when you step out on stage, you, you don't have to add more onto who you are. Just step out on stage as Sarah Mearns. That is good enough. You don't have to add this drama onto it. And, you know, she had this phrase that she said to me, you know, you can respond to movement, but don't comment on it. Just lift your arm or just stand there and respond to that. Don't put all of your ego and all your thoughts and all this stuff onto it. Just be, just be that in there, in that moment. And so I remember walking on stage and doing diamonds for the first time after I had gone through that experience with her and walking on stage and not feeling like I had to be puffed up or I had to like show off for the audience just to stand there. I mean, the costume that you have on is completely covered in jewels. Your headpiece, the lighting, every light is on. The music is dramatic. The lighting is dramatic. You don't have to add to that. It's already set up for you. So just walk out on stage. So yeah, Jody had a huge impact on how I presented myself in Diamonds, strangely. And she will probably be very confused when she hears this. But it, um, she really, really did because it changed my way of how I want to be on stage. Now in this point in my career, you know, I don't feel like I have to be more than I am. And I've already gone through those years where I felt like I had to prove something or get through something. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm much more relaxed and myself when I go out there now. Well, Sarah, thank you for sharing so richly and with such passion about this ballet. And I know that the listeners will gain so much from what you've shared. Thank you. You're welcome, Silas. Thank you for having me. In 1990, Suzanne Farrell wrote an autobiography entitled Holding On to the Air. I'd like to finish this episode by sharing a few of her reflections on diamonds. The Diamonds Padida is one of the most beautiful Balanchine ever made, supremely classical in style, epic in scope, ritualized in manner, and yet in the midst of its unmistakable grandeur, there lurks immense sweetness and vulnerability. Tchaikovsky was certainly Balanchine's accomplice in evoking this indescribable atmosphere of quietly controlled passion, but it was Balanchine who devised the form. Diamonds is about the majesty of service, and the glory of humanity. To learn more about diamonds, please consult the reading list that can be found in the notes for this podcast episode.
To stay up to date on all City Ballet podcast releases, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you'll join me again to hear the dance. Thank you.